Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another No Regrets Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, joined by my wife, Carla, as usual. And we just want to say thank you for taking time to spend part of your day with us. Uh, This week, we continue the second in a series on going from you and me to we, all about forging a team in marriage. We know that in the very beginning when God created this concept of marriage, he said a man shall leave his mother and father, shall cling to his wife, and the two shall become one. And so what we want to focus on is, hey, what are some ways you can help build that concept of a team, of really developing a we? So last week we talked about what are the different characteristics that we think sort of exemplify uh, a couple that's functioning as a we. And uh, so we invite you to go back and listen to that. This week we want to focus, at least begin to, this weekend, probably next week as well, Hey, what are some ways you can do that? How do you build that concept of team? Yeah, yes. you want to add to that, Carla? <laughs> no, I'm just quickly? waiting with bated breath for okay. your next comment. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that comment is going to be. We are in, as we tape this, we are in the middle of the end of college football season. And as always, that can be contentious. But one of the things you see is that, you know, as you move into playoff and bowl season is what really makes up good teams. And you look at every team and the most successful team are those that have really learned to leverage their strengths and weaknesses. You know, every team, when you make when you look at a team, it's made up of multiple individuals and some do things better than others and others have other qualities that make them better for certain tasks. And and one of the real keys in developing this concept of we is, first of all, just recognizing what you have in your relationship. Hey, what are the strengths and weaknesses that each of you bring into the relationship? Um, Let's look first at strengths and talking about that. Okay. Uh, we know that there's, and maybe you've ever taken one a lot of times in your work, uh, sometimes college, they have you do this. There are different kinds of strengths tests. Um, one of them escapes me and I may, I wrote it down so I don't remember and I can't remember which one it is. Um, it's the one who does polls. Gallup. That's Gallup the one. Yeah, they do the a Gallup strengths one. test? Yeah, they have the, the main strengths test that you find out there, it's done by Gallup. Okay. Uh, The other one, and one that we've used in our seminars, is called the High Five Strength Test. And the idea of those, and this is a little bit different than looking at your temperament or your personality. Oh, those are are all good, too. We've talked about those a little bit. Yeah, we've talked about those before, and I think they're great things for you to do as a couple. Just because the more you understand how your partner naturally functions and acts, I think the easier it is to understand them and really to build solid relationships. But in this case, uh, it's one of those areas that are natural strengths for you. And, and they're going to be different in everybody. And what you may find, like us, when we took it, and we're just focusing, as we talk now, there's, you know, depending on which one you do, there's a whole list of different strengths. But we're just going to focus on those top strengths. Right. Because those are the things that you are just have a natural bent towards. Right. You know, and I believe that, you know, Psalms tells us that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. 
that God formed us the way that he wanted to form us. And so I believe that those strengths that he's given us are God-given strengths. And we need to do the best we can to develop those strengths. Yes. Um, Would you remember some of those that you took from the last time we did the test? Um, I don't remember the names off the top of my head, but mine would probably be around the idea of somebody that's extremely organized, that's extremely structured, um, probably pretty task-oriented. I think I was I had some that were sort of a this one's kind of a weird one. It calls it like a storytelling. I think yeah, that means you're a storyteller. You, you communicate, you probably teach and talk, and that is obviously what we do here and it is really a part of what I do in my you know, my healthcare role. And so that wasn't that wasn't surprising. Um Probably, again, around the idea of sort of taking charge, being responsible, being really organized. Those would probably have been some of my top ones. Yeah, on both of us, we did. We shared similarities. Carla's obviously more. No, 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 no. I do not think organization got anywhere near the top five. I was getting there. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Carla's strengths obviously geared more towards the idea of organization. Yes. But there were other Structure. ones that we shared is what I was getting at. Okay. All right. If you... One of those was the idea of our faith. Yes. Okay. And that being very strong in us, that that's sort of a guiding principle for us. Um, storyteller for yeah. both of us was. Uh, and then mine, the weirdest one on mine, and I can't remember whether you had in there, is the old Philomath. No, because the last time we were talking with the group and tried to explain explain that, everyone had a very blank look on their face when you gave the word. So the definition of that is... The definition of a philomath is sort of like a lifelong learner. Sort they of a always geek. want to be learning new yeah, things. things. Okay, I'm teasing. But um, yeah, so that was sort of an interesting one. So... Again, the idea, though, of the test or any kind of test like this that you might choose to do um, is to identify. You very likely probably know these things about yourself. You may even know them about your partner. We don't always know them, honestly, as clearly about our partners. We probably think we do. But again, to put a word to it based on the results of the test is probably pretty cool. Think about, okay, think about that, operating in your strengths and how that can impact you as a couple. Can you think of anything, say, from early in our relationship that we struggled with because we weren't maybe operating in each of our strengths? Um, I would say, and I don't know what word this came out on the strengths test, but Johnny is extremely strong in the areas of, say, creativity, um, big picture um, sort of visionary, thinks of things, dreams of those. Um, but not so much the details. Yes, part. but a big picture guy that doesn't know the steps to get there, though. But what's interesting is I'm the organized one. I'm actually not a big picture girl, but if someone paints me the big picture and I buy into it, I can be like, oh, okay, well, how do we get there? And then I might be able to really task out a bunch of steps to move toward it. What I failed to realize in 
a lot of the years of our marriage is that could work hand in glove, right? Yeah. One of you's a big picture, dreamer, visionary. The other's like, wait, 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 what are the steps here? Where's the one, two, three? Where is the to-do list? But the problem is if you don't appreciate that in your spouse, and what I tended to do was call you a... I have no idea what you... Well, I'm, I'm putting this in quotes as if people that? are seeing this. I did my little fingers in quotes. A, yeah, this it's is a, a podcast, not a video. Podcast, um, yes. You were a dreamer, and you were pie in the sky was the word I used for you. Yeah, and every time I came up with something, you shot it down. Yeah, and that was terrible on my part because, one, I didn't realize that, gosh, that's a strength they're bringing into the relationship to dream, to think, to have vision, and yet you, the other, the opposite end, my my strength was opposite of that, but I wasn't recognizing your strength. And so that was like, wow, that wasn't appreciating what you had. But then at the same time, you probably didn't recognize mine as well either. Yeah. And, you know, one of the ways too, not only that, but probably I was trying to function in areas that required discipline and organization and because I didn't do it well it ended up frustrating you and finally we figured hey maybe you should be in charge of these areas finances and other areas yeah. that require that kind of thing because you're naturally strong there well I thought we had a couple that I thought this was an interesting story to give kind of light to this the man happened to be in the area of finance so I, I don't remember what his role was accountant CE. CFO, I don't, I don't know what he did, but he was obviously the penny pincher guy. Every, you know, you checks and balances, it's got to work. Well, he brought some of those strengths that obviously made him very successful in his work world, business world. He brought it home. Well, guess what? He over, he's over his wife on every single iota of money, the dimes, the the penny pension, the receipts, the balance in the checkbook, and his wife was just not into that. I mean, she she cared to know there was money in there, but she absolutely did not need to fill with all that spreadsheet mess. Well, she felt like he didn't trust her. He didn't trust that she could balance the checkbook, that she could pay for the groceries, that she could pay bills, because he always questioned it, and he double-checked everything. Well, once they realized that he came out, like, off the top strong as a, you know, a strength in those areas of that accountability, finance, um, all those words that would go with that, she began to say, oh, this isn't just me he's doing it to. This is part of how he's wired, and it's his strength to make certain there is total accountability. He's not trying to be critical of me as an individual. And I thought that was really kind of totally insightful for them as a couple to figure that out, that it was a strength in him, but she was seeing it as something just she couldn't recognize it because of the way she felt it was coming across. Okay. So one of the things you see is that sometimes you get couples that they may have similar strengths, but oftentimes they don't share everything in their strengths. And one of the things I think that's valuable for you to might do as a couple is take one of these strengths tests and figure out and look at it in regard to how you function in your relationship. 
are each of you functioning in the areas that you're best equipped for? Because what you want to do is accentuate your strengths and do everything you can to really develop those strengths so that you're excelling in that area. But obviously, too, with strengths, we all come with weaknesses, areas that we don't do as well, naturally. Naturally, yeah. And and what we don't want to say is, I think the normal course and in the research they've done uh, in, in working with groups, what they found out is when they did the strengths test and they showed them all their list of 20 strengths and weaknesses from top to bottom, that most people, instead of looking at what their strengths were, they automatically went to their lowest, the five areas that they were least strong, what we would call a weakness, that they were least strong and really emphasize those saying, hey, these are the things that are holding me back. And the reality is you really don't want to focus on those. You want to acknowledge, acknowledge them, them and see them and understand there may be a minimum effort you need to go to in doing those things. But you really don't want to sit there and spend all your time trying to build up those weaknesses because they will never come to the level of your strengths. Yeah, I mean, that that's... And- we are a great example of that, of where I'm super strong in the structured organization details. You're not at all. And you could spend from now until Jesus comes back working on that. It doesn't mean you wouldn't improve some, but the reality is it will never be your strongest suit. I mean, the other things are going to be, like you said, the natural bents that we sometimes don't even have to work on as much because it does come so naturally to us. So you may look at a, something that comes out number 20 on a test and you go, oh, well, I'm not very good at that at all. And if you want to work on it, that's fine. But the reality is you're never going to move it to your top five. That's just probably not the way God wired you. So instead of me continuing to harp on why you cannot be organized, right, I needed to begin to say, let's lean in to my ability to be organized. Let me work for both of us in this. Let me help you in this and let you help me in areas that I don't have any strength in, like creativity, like visionary, like thinking big picture. And so beginning to focus on that and or combine the two as a couple. And so that's kind of cool. Yeah, so one of the things we would love for you to do if you're listening to this is take some time to really put pen to paper and figure out, okay, what are the areas that each of us excel in naturally? How do we blend those together so we do function as a team? We go back to that picture of a football team or something. And linemen typically are bigger and stronger than, say, your receivers are. Yeah. And your receivers are usually faster. Well, guess Let's what? Let's hope so. Yeah, your team is going to function better if your receivers are going out for passes and your linemen are blocking for the quarterback and not the other, the way, other around. way around. You're probably not going to be a real successful team. So what you want to do is you want to leverage the combination of strengths and weaknesses that each of brings in and say, how do we mold this so that together we can be so much better and stronger and more effective than we are as a you and a me. Yeah. 
And so as we move from that, one of the things that we've got to acknowledge, so many of our strengths and weaknesses, we inherit those from our family of origin. You know, oftentimes it's not unusual. You see a lot of your dad in you and your characteristics, your drive, your yeah. organization, your idea of being overprepared for everything. Those come straight out of your father, and we can see that. And that's where a lot of our struggle is. You're trying to turn me into him for a lot of years. Yeah, because, you know, sort of a lead into this next thinking here is that we all bring different things to the team, so to speak. And that is going to mean the influence of our family of origin. As, as you just said, Johnny, God wires us, he gives us, he imprints us. We have, you know, strengths that he has hardwired into us. And in the same way, our families of origin will have incredible impacts. Now, that being said, that this is not throwing any family under the bus. There is no perfect family because there's no perfect human being. So there are no perfect families that have done it all right. The reality is, though, some families on a spectrum of things, a scale of things, if you would, are going to lean toward a healthier end of functioning, learning things, and others may be the, the other end. But we're all impacted by our family of origin and how we learn certain things about engaging each other, loving each other, how you learn to deal with another human being, all kind of things. And y'all, those are early imprints that we are not even aware of many times. Okay, so what we're looking at then is, you know, we talk about that we each bring strengths and weaknesses into the relationship, those abilities to do certain things and what you want to do is leverage but we also talk about that another thing we bring in, and this often comes from our family of origin, is our ability to connect to each other on an emotional level. Yes. And that, again, goes back to that really initially sort of imprinting is a word that's used a lot. And it's the idea of the fact that even before you probably have cognitive um recognition or reflection memories of that period, how you were comforted, how you were loved as a child, how you were engaged with, meaning questions like if I were sitting down having a cup of coffee with you and we're talking about something and I said to you, well, when you were young, how do you remember being comforted? How do you remember um if you had something really sad or disappointing happen in your life um, and you shared that with a parent, do you remember how they responded? Um, so I'm not talking about you being loved or held or fed, anything like that. I'm talking about you got cut from the baseball team as a seventh grader. You didn't make the cheerleading squad. Your best friend moved away. You know, XXX, things happen. How, do you have a recollection of how your parent talked to you about that? Were you able to talk about it? Were you comforted in any way? Did somebody ask you questions about your feelings about the event? Could you learn to put words with what you felt? And 
did you feel some resolution when you were able to at least express that? Did you feel seen and heard? Um, and there is a world of um, teaching and talking around that whole issue. But the reality is, if there is a lean toward the fact and you're asking yourselves or thinking in your brain, well, I don't know that I remember that. I don't know if somebody talked to me. I don't know when I was upset if so-and-so happened. Then there may then be some patterns of behavior that we develop as a result of that. And those can impact us as an adult in trying to form an intimate relationship with our spouse. So when we think about these things and we talk about it in terms of, hey, how do you build a better we? How do you move towards a place where you're more healthy as a couple? Then part of it starts with, one, acknowledging, hey, what do we bring into the relationships, those ideas, strengths, and weaknesses? But also, man, how has my past either really enabled me and, and really healthily prepared me to have that kind of relationship, an intimate relationship with my spouse? Or are there things from growing up that may actually be hindrances that I need to think about and deal with before we can move on and really develop that whole sense of a we? Yeah, I mean, and again, as you said, it is an acknowledgement of that. It is coming to an awareness that this may or may not have been present in my life, or I may have learned some patterns of behavior that are not the healthiest and not the best. The challenge is insight can sometimes be easy, maybe not always, but sometimes, but change is hard. But the reality is we've got to ask ourselves if there are barriers in your relationship to moving forward into a mindset of a team and a we and intimacy, then it may be you've got to look at some of those things. Do I avoid certain things because I never learned to deal with those? I never learned to handle emotions. Have I got a pleaser mentality because growing up, because of whatever was going on in my family, that is the role I sort of learned. Like, I want to try to make things okay and sort sort of, um, you know, fix things so I'm a pleaser. Um, or maybe you just learn that you almost vacillate because you don't know how to do it. And so maybe you want to be intimate, you want to be close, but maybe when somebody gets too close, there's some insecurity there or it doesn't feel safe. And so all of a sudden you shut down a little bit and that may have been a protective thing growing up. And so there's a lot of information around out there on the impact that our families of origin and what you would call imprinting have and that you can find and we can put some on the website. So, okay, we're, we're talking here and going back to our sort of our main focus. How do we become a we? And in building that idea of oneness, and, you know, we were talking about this the other day. In some ways, it's almost like when God says, when we come to Christ, and I, and I love this image because it sort of parallels. We believe that marriage images God's relationship to his people. There are certain things that God says about us. Hey, you are justified. 
you are pure, righteous, and holy. And yet we still have a lifetime that we're here on earth of God sanctifying us, transforming our character. He says, hey, this is true about you, but then he works we're that out. We're working it out. And it's almost like when God says, hey, you are one, but that's still something we have to work out in our relationship to make that an everyday present reality. And so part of that starts with the idea of, hey, what do we bring to the relationship in terms of strengths and weaknesses? How do we balance each other? But what about those things that might either enhance, enhance yeah, or be a barrier to really developing an emotional, spiritual intimacy with each other? So what are, you know, what are some resources that somebody might, you know, they hear there, I know you've read some different books. Is there anything off the top of your head that you can think of? Because I know I didn't prepare you on this question. You didn't. And I, we're going to put it on the website. So check back on the website. Well, what you There's, can do is if you check in the show notes. Yes. Um, there is a great book and it's called How You Were Loved. And I'm drawing a blank. It's a... It's a man and a woman, and I. That you, if you search, you can yeah. search how you were loved. How you were loved, and it'll um, pull that up. And it's a great book around this. And you can, when you think about it for a split second, even if you both came, husband and wife came out of very healthy, connected, secure love base, meaning you were taught and allowed to learn to put words to your feelings and emotions, and it was safe. Even if you both did, there's probably a real good chance it still looked a little different. Yeah, and so and here you got two different individuals and how you make that you. You, right, because yeah, you're bringing we. that. Yeah, and so think about it, even if, let's say, one of you lean toward, you know, you learned a lot of those really nice connections, security, safe um, practices early on, but your spouse didn't. And even though they want it, they desire it, they speak of that, there may be things that they've still got to work through because those patterns, y'all, are embedded deep in our brains. And they're tied to, tied to the emotional part of our um, limbic system in the brain. And so they're deeply in there. And so, again, that's where the idea is we can come to some recognition of that effect, but then we may have to do a little work to begin to change patterns. And we have to learn. It may be something that we didn't have growing up, and now we've got to learn, how do I put this in place so you and I can become a we, and we're safe, and we're open, and we're connected? All right. All right. That's a lot. I'm sorry. That was a lot. Yeah, that is. That's a lot for you to take in, and that's why one reason we want to give you resources. A lot of what we want to do in our no regrets marriage podcast is we want to sort of put the proverbial pebble in your shoe, get you to start thinking, maybe to be honest, make you a little uncomfortable sometimes. So it'll cause you to begin to question and say, Hey, what are we doing? Well, what are things we can do better? How can we grow from being you and me to we is what this whole series is about. So that's going to be it for today. Next week, um, we're going to go more into some of the nuts and bolts as far as especially when it comes to communication and conflict, dealing with that, that there are healthy ways and unhealthy ways. And we've talked a lot about some of those things before, but what we want to do is focus that particularly on the idea of becoming a we. And so on that note, we will just say, hey, thanks for being with us. 
And our encouragement as always, just keep on forging.